Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, hello, hello! And welcome, boys and girls, to the 282nd episode of the Hungry Gamers Podcast. We are powered by 8 and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit. And joining me today, as always, my podcast, Ride or Die, my hungry partner in crime. You can find her on them socials, at Miss Ali Hart. <laughs> she is the Scarlet Witch to my Doctor Strange in this go. episode. How you doing, Miss Ali Hart? What's going on? Doing well. I was really curious, based on information we've provided each other on where the reference was going to come from, but that one's that one's pretty valid, and I don't. I think so. I don't mind I being so. Wanda. Yeah, there's certainly worse people to be. I've I've got such a crush on Elizabeth Olsen. I've realized over the years. Yeah, she's pretty adorable, and she has mm-hmm. her own like quirkiness to her that kind of adds to it. She's probably one of the better females in the Marvel universe. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I'm excited to see how it all plays out on the big screen in Multiverse of Madness. But full spoilers, listeners, we have neither watched no, not yet. Doctor Strange yet. Uh, Jono has, and he says it's fantastic and it's very Sam Raimi, which I am very excited for. But yet, we have no we have no opinions right now on, on Mr. Raimi coming all the way back to the horror circle, which I'm very excited for to see how it's realised with Doctor Strange and his multiverse of madness, but uh, you'll have to wait a little longer before we give you some spoiler-free reviews here on THG. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. Hopefully. That's... Yeah, I think so. It's a very mixed bag. Like The responses that I'm seeing, some people are like, this is the worst Marvel me- movie I've ever seen, and some people are like, this is the best one. So I'm like, oh, where am I going to sit? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're the wild card. I am. You're always the wild card on, <laughs> on these reviews. <laughs> Everyone's like, this is the shittiest fucking movie ever. And I'm like, it's great. It's my favorite movie ever. Yeah, oh. I, I'm the resident apologist and the uh, the eternal optimist. But uh, yeah, big, big Sam Raimi fan. Very excited to see what he does where he sprinkles some of this Raimi horror mentality amongst yeah. strange and co so i'm 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 positive about this i think it's going to be good i think it's going to be it can't be any fucking worse than uh venom that's for damn sure and that's morbius true. so Although, uh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah well, time will tell time will tell but um we'll, we'll talk about what you've been playing in a second but full disclosure i haven't done a ton in the uh, the geek and pop culture universe this past week. I've been been remote all week for work, so I haven't had a chance to play anything. Mm. haven't really watched much, but I did finally finish the, the second season of Demon Slayer, so the Entertainment District arc. Uh, they've finally released all the, the dubbed episodes that has accompanied, obviously, the, the standard subtitled fare. And boy, howdy... This is one of the best anime going around. And that's that's no surprise, you know. It's 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 a blockbuster. It it makes so much money at the box office, universally loved, animation style. It's stunning, but it's one of the best animated things on television and I'm so happy to sort of catch the back end of 
of this 11 episode arc for the the entertainment district which which sort of covers off a a little storyline from the manga and oh my god it's so good miss hart have you watched any demon slayer yet no Okay. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> well please do sorry please go watch some i know there's all this like all this very like um i guess you can call it now mainstream anime that's generally popular and i know i've heard demon slayer a million times over so i'm very familiar of its existence but it obviously seems like one of those ones that's quite an investment so i'm like eh. as a person that still hasn't finished um my hero or caught up sorry with my hero i i think i should just take take it easy although mm. freak where did i see it there's an anime that i now want to look up and i'm sure maybe someone out here in the anime universe that's a fan might know what it is I, i'm sure google search will bring it up but it's apparently this anime where it's like some emperor from the past like a japanese or like an emperor who comes to the future and he becomes a m- music manager for a young girl to become a pop sensation. Oh, it god is, damn. It is that the, the concept was so outlandish and the video for it was so wild that I was like, oh, I think I'm on board with this because it's just wild. And I think that's the great thing about anime is that there's just, there's some things out there that are a little bit weird and then there's just full on anime weird. And I think that's usually what I sign up for. It sounds like it's certainly uh, in the realm of Miss Ali Hart fandom right there. And uh, yeah, the the good thing with 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 anime is is anyone that's that sort of perused Crunchyroll or just the internet in general, mm. there's there's something for everybody. There is a genre and a storyline that could appeal to anybody from any walk of life. So uh, yeah, that sounds it sounds like it could be good fun, you know. Yeah. Let, let's see what this uh, this old warlord does in modern day, where he's a music manager. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to find it, and if I um, if I don't find it by the end of this episode, I'll try to find it and I'll post it on the socials so people can kind of get what it is. Unless someone beats me to it, so there's a chance. There's, there's a chance. There's a chance, everyone. Yeah, but my God, Demon Slayer is it's so good. It's it's one of my favorites, and just the the animation style like the studio behind it ufo table uh just it's an art form the way they they bring these panels from the the manga to screen and it's just a visual sensory overload and the storyline's great the character's phenomenal just the sword play and the abilities when you start seeing them use their their certain sort of moves and styles it's it's stunning but also gory and horrific and bloody which is good and it's it's great because obviously this this anime has had so much worldwide success but it is a little bit heavier in tone in comparison to something like you know my hero has some heavy moments but yeah you don't see a ton of, of gore and viscera where this leans into it you know to to kill these demons you got to cut their heads off so there's a lot of uh decapitations and things going around in this show Fair but enough. it's so good and we've got uh, a third season on the way already confirmed which is awesome so uh, hopefully we don't have to wait too long between drinks there but uh, i don't think we will because the anime the first run of it was in um 2019 sort of april 2019 really? and so far we've had two seasons roll through within three years. So hopefully we'll have this third season uh, Swordsmith Village arc is what they've confirmed is coming. Hopefully that rolls in 
maybe the back end of next year, all things going well, unless they're already learning hard at work on it. But uh, yeah, I can't wait because it's obviously the the Mugen Train film that they did, the offshoot of this that then connects into the second season as well. Highest grossing anime film and Japanese film of all time. So people are hungry for more Demon Slayer and oh my God, it was just a great ending to the uh, the Entertainment District arc and I can't wait for more. I'll eventually get to it. I think it's that one and then Psycho Mob, something or other that has been heavily recommended to me. So mm. uh, to be honest, Psycho Mob sounds like my kind of thing, but it depends I'm sure, on what I'm you're sure for. people will tell me that I'm <laughs> I'm wrong. But yeah, because because you like you like some of the more uh, unique viewing experiences, and, yeah, and you know you, you can lean towards the the horror and the shock and the gore. And there is a, some anime that go into that in a big, big way and can be a bit uh, unsettling to watch, but uh, mm. yeah, there's something for everybody out there. And uh, I had an yeah. ink. Um, like I really wanted to watch um, bubblegum crisis. What? Oh, go back to bubblegum crisis. Yeah. God I wanted damn. to go back and watch bubblegum crisis, Tokyo 24, the Tokyo 2070. No, wait, mm-hmm. 2470. Now I'm- I think it's 2070. I think. Yeah. Um, because there's the original Bubblegum Crisis and then there was the kind of the other one. Um, but I got like, I got recommended something like a little clip from it. And I was like, I remember loving that anime, but I also think it is pretty dated now, but I had, I really wanted to watch it again. You could, it's, it's all like, everything's on Crunchyroll. Obviously Crunchyroll is the the main, (laughs) the main hub for all anime now that all these, other subsets, you know, Funimation and such has been swallowed up into it. So it's all there on Crunchyroll and they've really upgraded their user interface, especially if you're watching it on your on your computer while doing other things. They've got sort of like a beta version as far as their their streaming side, which is a lot easier to navigate and, and bookmark and Ooh. save. So it's it's yeah, a lot more user friendly, but uh it's really good. It's really, really good. Demon Slayer, no one's surprised by that. But also, yeah, Spike's family, still loving it. It's so cute and endearing and quirky and fun. <laughs> and Anya, the little daughter, I'll die for that little kid. She's the best. But uh, <laughs> that's me. But you, I see you've still been playing some Fortnite. Yeah, like I'm a little addicted. I think I just enjoy any game where you can literally just load it up, play a few matches, and then, you know get out essentially i haven't had any wins so many number twos i feel like you know fortnite is my fiber yeah well fortnite's my fiber just number twos (laughs) everywhere man like second place here second place there had a lot of close calls i'm just like all i'm happy about is that i'm not like finishing if like you know ending these matches with just one kill or no kill like there's a lot of kills to count and a lot of damage and stuff so I'm happy about that. It's an achievement in itself coming from like my previous background. It also makes me wonder if why am I better at this one than I am at other shooters? I think I think my my biggest takeaway like I'm not not saying how I think about you you playing but just the general observation with this game because this game is a little floaty like in in movement and even with the gun like you can be aiming straight down the sights but it's not a guarantee that every one of those rounds is going to hit where where apex you know if you've got someone dead to rights down the scope there's a fair chance every bullet you're going to be firing from that r301 or weapon whatever is gonna gonna lay damage where this it's sort of it's almost like halo movement in a way where it's sort of a bit floaty um and which 
adds to the accessibility, especially in no build, where you can sort of breathe a little bit more and there's a chance you can survive a firefight if someone gets the jump on you. But um, I don't know. True. It's good because it feels it's it's more comfortable to play. It's, it's that step slower. That is actually a really great mm. way to describe it. It is a much more comfortable way to play a battle royale. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been really really good. Enjoying the um, addition of Star Wars content right now with the lightsaber and then the blaster as well. It's been interesting. It's definitely changed things up a little bit. But um, yeah, and and just FYI, I know I made a comment about like whether I'd play this long enough. Yes, I got the battle pass, so mm-hmm. I am now a battle pass holder because I mean it's all adding up now. So join us, join us, join us. Oh, and I've also got skins and stuff now. Too, yeah, you did. Right? So, yeah, you did. Yeah, the, girl, the girl has caved. I was stressed all week because I didn't have uh, any means to play it. And like with, with Xbox, like if I took my Switch, the skins would not carry to the Xbox. So Xbox skins will carry to PC and vice versa, but it won't jump across to other console platforms and oh. vice versa. Oh. But, and there were so many skins that came out this week with Star so Wars week. many. And then all these more Street Fighter ones. But um, I, I got home last night at a late hour after some plane delays, thanks Adelaide Airport and just general Melbourne weather, I guess. But um, came home last night, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I've been working hard this week. I need to treat myself. So I jumped on, dropped some V-Bucks, and I bought many a skin. <laughs> I picked up my boy Boba Fett. I got Chrysanthemum from, uh, obviously, that popped up in the book of Boba Fett as well that you saw, the uh, the Bounty Hunter Wookiee. I picked up some Street Fighter stuff. I picked up some Star Wars stuff. I went a little overboard. Did I have buyers from us? No, I did not because this game has got me addicted and yeah, I just want all the nice shiny things. So I invested way too much money and I'm excited to play with them today. Yeah. This is a Halo Gears of War now. It's it's crazy. Oh, um, and I bought Scarlet Witch too. She was up the oh, top but there she hiding looks away. Good. I, yeah. I like how she looks in this actually. It's actually a pretty clean skin, especially with the little emote that she does with her like doing her little spell and then floating in the air. I, I admit that's pretty cool. I haven't yeah. gotten that though. But it's so fun. It's so fun. And something else that I'm excited to be talking about next week when episode 283 drops is the the new Evil Dead game. So I'm excited to share some insights on that little beauty with uh, Ash Williams and co trying to fight all those deadites. But uh, anything else you want to talk about what you've been up to? Or should we just sort of start working our way through the usual THG structures? Let's go through it all. All right. So a bit of housekeeping, obviously. You want to support us monetarily? That would be awesome if you could. ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. From the low, low price of $1, you get automatic access to competitions, giveaways, early access to content, and everything else in between. Uh, and it scales from there, and there's other tiers where you can get exclusive merchandise, tees, hats, hoodies, so on and so forth. Uh, also, if you wanted to get some of those tees, hats, hoodies, so on and so forth on your person and don't want to wait for those Kofi um, subscriptions to, to activate shop8bit.net is the place to go it is our official merch store and there is tons of designs and styles and sizes for everybody and every person and every shape and they're going to look great on you you want some tie-dye you can get that there you want a trucker hat you can get that there you want some socks i think you can get those there too Uh, you name it we can kit you out from head to toe you can be in the full 8-bit uniform from there and our may giveaway is now officially live and this time around we're going to be giving away the brand spanking new audio technica ATH GL3 
hardwired gaming headsets. They come in black or white. They are super slick. I've worn and played with, played with these and they are really, really comfy. They snug your head in just the right way. They feel good on your ears. Nice big open um, ear cups. Detachable microphone too. So if you want to be okay. gaming and chatting, awesome. You want to wear these out on the street, awesome as well. Um, and to go into the draw for the ATH GL3 gaming headset, it's pretty simple. Just uh, hit us up on the socials and tell us what you like or what you don't like or fondest or least fondest fondest memories regarding the Hungry Gamers. So it could be something maybe from the episode you've just listened to. could be something that you picked up and remember from years ago that we may or may not have talked about or done. Just hit us up on them socials, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, whatever, and just make sure you uh, tag at We Are 8-Bit, tag at Miss Ellie Hart, or tag at Brendan 8-Bit. At least tag one of those three just so we can get some visibility there. Or if you wanted to just do that social post, screenshot it and DM or email, you can do that as well. There's no rules. There's no, uh, you know, you don't have to be the funniest or the rudest or the wittiest. It's just we wanted to correlate some nice memories and some good thoughts. Get some, get some voice of listener. You know, let's let's get some feedback. Yeah, we're definitely not going to reward the rudest. <laughs> We might. That person was an asshole. Let's give him something. <laughs> like, honest, obviously, you know, you can say whatever you want, but we're just not going to reward it. <laughs> yeah, just don't be mean for the sake of being mean. You know, it, it, it's it's free to be kind, as they say, right? Yeah. Is that what they say? Is that what they say? They should, because it is free to be kind. Hmm. For the most part, unless you're buying someone a chocolate. Uh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> But if you want to win yourself an ATH GL3 gaming headset from our friends over at Audio Technica, that's how you get in. Just uh, share some thoughts, share some memories, share some feedback on the Hungry Gamers, on them socials, and uh, you are automatically in the draw. And you're automatically in the draw as well if you are supporting us over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit, where specific tiers of that Kofi page will get you bonus entries into the drawer as well. So it'll increase your chances to win that GL3 gaming headset. Another little bit of housekeeping. Our resident Miss Hart here, she was on the latest News to Reviews podcast with Zach and Aaron. You can find them on the socials at news number two reviews on them Twitters. Be sure to rate, view, subscribe them on your podcast player of choice and listen to Miss Hart rift with a couple of the best. How was that episode, Miss Hart? I haven't listened to it yet. Full disclosure, I just been pretty off grid as far as content consumption this week but uh you had a good time as per usual as per usual had a lovely time with zach and um i got to meet aaron um and we just had a great chat we talked all things video games we talked a bit about elden ring we talked some overwatch beta we talked some house of dead it was really really fun so um i definitely recommend giving them a listen giving them a follow guys they're just a good bunch of dudes just talking games yeah, they are. They are. They are a couple of uh, Australia's best and brightest in the gaming gaming uh, podcast sphere, and yeah, just genuine good people, which uh, we need more of. You know. Also, hope you feel better soon, Zach. <laughs> yeah, rest up, rest up. All right, that brings us to the end of housekeeping. Let's jump over to this. This week's news headlines. All right, and the first quick hitter: the Jeff Healy hosted Summer Game Fest will officially be broadcasting its live show. On Thursday, the 9th of June at 7 p.m. UK time, that's going to be Friday, the 10th of June 
at the very, very, very early hour of 4 a.m. for us in Melbourne or Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland. 3.30 a.m. for Tassie, 2 a.m. for Western Australia. So it's going to be an early start for us here in the AU. And it's also, if we're looking across to other regions, 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern around the globe there. But uh, yeah, some of Game Fest is, of course, the Keeley fronted rival and you could say now semi-successor to the usual array of E3 press conferences, which typically broadcast each summer. Obviously not this year, because uh, there's no actual E3, not digital or physical, as we'll all recall. Announcing the festivities, Keely promised, uh, in quotes, live cross-industry showcase with game announcements, reveals, and the indie-focused Day of the Devs. So, uh, yeah, Summer Game Fest the last couple of years, it's gone from strength to strength. Uh, there yeah. is far too much Hideo Kojima favoritism shown by Jeff, but he just wants the world to know that they're good friends yeah. and uh, continue to be good friends. So no <laughs> doubt we'll get uh, the announcement of probably Death Stranding, Director's Cut 2.0, Extended Edition. Remix. Remixed with the latest sugar-free variant of Monster in the Game instead of the standard can that was broadcast throughout it. But yeah. Summer Game Fest has become, I guess, just about one of the biggest showcases in the calendar every year now. And uh, yeah, it's it's announced for Thursday the 9th slash Friday the 10th, depending on where you are in the world. So in a little, little over a month's time, we get Summer Game Fest again. Are you excited, Miss Hart? Yeah, I think Jeff Keighley does a good job. And obviously he's managed to do what the group at E3 haven't been able to when he's continue like to push this forward and he he does it well i think it's 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 probably gonna be good too that we don't have like summer games first and e3 and then we keep on seeing like repetition of trailers i just remember was it last year seeing that same jurassic park trailer game trailer don't you dare besmirch jurassic world evolution 2 i'm going to i think i saw that game trailer five times maybe even six within the span of of that whole month of like showcasing games it was it was intense um but yeah um, i'm curious to see um what the live element of uh summer games fest will be um, now that, like, obviously in-person events are a bit more common now and audiences may start making an appearance, mm. um, which might not have my favor because I actually enjoyed how fluid the presentations were without audience members. It just kind of just continued on. And not to mention that, the like, the showpiece, like, the stage and everything, well, yeah, I guess the stage that he kind of did with this, like, um like 3d with the background and the floor and a like interactive like element and all the it just looked good it looked really good so i don't know if he's going to stick with that or if he's going to revert back to having a live audience Mm. i'm uh i'm just curious to know what uh live musical act will be playing at summer game fest would you like to would you like to to put down a friendly wager or a quick guess between ourselves who you think might uh take the stage i don't know I, I, I'm trying to think what would be, like, some of the key um, key presentations that would be happening for the Summer Games Fest. And I, maybe we'll get, like, an orchestral Zelda thing because I'm, uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll be pumping some Zelda. 
um and we might get like a like a maybe a pop artist singing we might get two two songs uh two songs two musical acts i'm i'm gonna say as i grip my teeth because i can't stand the artist i'm gonna say that uh imagine dragons might make an appearance because they're so across the gaming realm now and we had arcane come out at the back end of 2021 so that didn't really get some some coverage during summer game fest so maybe maybe we'll get some imagine dragons which will break my heart and infuriate me at the same time but <laughs> that's where i'm going to cast my stone or my bet it's fair enough let's see what happens mm. let's see let's see but yeah don't have to wait too long a little over a month's time scary some game fest available on the internet it will be broadcast you know twitch youtube wherever you want to find it you will be able to get access to summer game fest but uh yeah 4am for us australians to uh, get up and embrace it boy howdy no maybe just remember the day before just to if you don't want things spoiled mute (laughs) mute the hashtag i think because you guys could just wake up to spoilers which sucks that sucks it does it's not a good time but i'm gonna do my best to try and get up and watch it will i Maybe not because I like my sleep, but uh, I'll see if I can get up at four and, and see it play out all live on the internet. Uh, the next little bit of news here, the Guillermo family is considering to partner with a private equity firm to acquire Ubisoft from potential buyers. As reported by Seeking Alpha, according to Deal Reporter, the group's reasoning is because it would like to remain in control of the company. Ubisoft was established in 1986, fantastic year by the way, by the five Guillermo brothers, where Yves Guillermo currently serves as the company's CEO and has been in the role for decades. The Guillermo family currently owns 16% of Ubisoft shares and 22% of its net voting shares. This news follows a week after Bloomberg reported that the Assassin's Creed maker is attracting buyout interest. Among the companies is Blackstone, which has made investments in various firms such as Epic Game, Applovin, and Google. Hmm. Never heard of app loving? Is it a sex app? Maybe. <laughs> Certainly sounds like it could be. Possibly. But uh, this makes sense. Like they they started this they started this company thirty five slash thirty six years ago, mm-hmm. and it would make sense to keep it in the family. Ubisoft is still a very very large gaming developer and publisher. They've got a lot of world renowned IP. They're not without controversy, some relating directly to some of the Glamo family, some related to broader staff that have since moved in and out of roles, but keeping it in-house means more profit, means more say on the direction of the company. But it's funny because I think we reported maybe a month or so ago, maybe two months ago now, there was also talk from one of the Glamo uh, members that said they'd be open to being purchased. purchased. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah. I mean, Ubisoft's been having a really rough track lately in the news of just, like, bad decision-making. Like, I guess decisions actually have never really been slated or made. But like you said, they've obviously had a lot of in-house issues um, regarding how the company is handled with allegations and such. Then we moved on to... um, well, yeah, like we said, like them kind of putting it out there because everyone else is getting purchased. They were kind of like, hey, we're, we're, we're up for sale too, if you like. Um, then we've also seen a lot of turmoil regarding them and uh, NFTs and blockchains and such. And kind of, I don't know if they ever went back on it or if they just kind of not made comments since. Um, and then just seeing this as well, this kind of mention, like, it's it's a shame, Ubisoft is like a hub of like really, really uh, 
good games and you know important franchises so but i think like i don't it does to be honest epic games does seem like the the one that would that would pick it up you know it's not as if they don't have the money well, yes. to, to potentially engage in a no choir thanks to but, us. Um, yeah god god damn <laughs> fortnite store curse you I'm actually recording from from a cardboard box I live in now because I spent all my money on skins. So uh, at least the wireless connectivity is pretty good here. But anyway, it's very much watch this space. Let's see what happens with Ubisoft. Let's see if we get some fresh announcements at Summer Game Fest. Like at as at time of recording here uh, on the seventh of May at uh, ten ten a.m. here Victorian time, there has been no official announcement yet from Ubisoft regarding a press conference during this summer run of of digital events. Maybe we'll get an announcement in the near future because uh, you know they're they're one of the the primaries that always always deliver in that regard. And will we see another update on Beyond Good and Evil Two? Because that game's been out in the wilderness now for a good long time, a lot of press and a lot of love and hype, and then just crickets. Uh, but that happens with a lot of these IP that they've got outside of you know Assassin's Creed and some of those mainline ones like Just Dance. You don't hear things minute to minute from Ubisoft with uh, regards to those those IPs. So let's see what happens in the coming. I have weeks. to correct myself. It was actually Blackstone. Blackstone had Blackstone. invested interest in Epic Games, not Epic Games investing interest in Ubisoft. So I'll retract that okay. one. But I'm also curious to see if Amazon ever wants to kind of join the club as well, because Amazon's been trying to branch on branch out with their gaming stuff. So. Can you imagine if Netflix got involved? Oh, Obviously, that's they're trying right. to push hard in their gaming space too. Which is uh, strange. They got, oh, they've, they've still got the money for it. They've lost a lot of money, but they've still got a lot of money to potentially make a move like that. That would be they're, quite the, uh, the ripple through the lately. industry. The absolute mess. Yeah. Something that's not a mess, though, is the build quality on Rudism's Fisher Price Laugh and Learn game controller. It's, uh, he's managed to mod up and get working on a PC, and he's been working through Elden Ring playing on this Fisher-Price controller. So Rudism is a Twitch streamer slash content creator slash just super smart, super intelligent, and super nice guy. Rudism is one of the nicest streamers that I've met in this journey. Lovely fella, and uh, very, 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 very talented. Has made some of the most creative and unique controllers you will ever see, mm. and then had success with those controllers in the games that he's made them for. Yeah. Like it is insane, but yeah, he's he's grabbed this Fisher Price Laugh and Learn uh, controller, modded it up so it's going to mirror the traditional Xbox controller, and now he's working his way through Elden Ring with this controller, and it is it is a great journey. And uh, yeah, I I recommend anyone that hasn't seen this because the great thing is this has been picked up all over the world. IGN was running with it the other day. A couple of other outlets are sharing and, and, and promoting it and getting some visibility. But if you haven't seen it and don't know what we're talking about, yeah, just just search Rudism Fisher-Price Controller or Rudism Elden Ring and see what he's been up to because the man's got skills and the fact that he can have success with these controllers that he's made over the years is just a testament to his ability. I, I just want to say that the thing that I love the most, because I thought he was just going to just turn it into a very generic controller, like just you know, take it, turn it, controller, done. But it still does the like the little voice lines for the kids and just like circle, square. And meanwhile, he's, you know, probably getting further in Elden Ring than I ever did. Um, so I think that just is salt on the wound. But 
it's it's an incredible video. He's incredibly talented, and um, I just I love the stuff that he comes up with. I think one of my favorites. I can't remember which game it was for specifically, but when he made the controller out of Mountain Dew and Doritos chips. Oh, that would have been Overwatch because he did. He yeah, did that's bananas. Right. Yeah. I think for Overwatch as well, and he played Winston. I think, and I think he played um, Fall Guys with jelly beans. And then he modded an actual real car to be a controller for Forza back in the day and stuff and like that. And he played PUBG with a, a pan. Yeah, the frying mm. pan. And it was, yeah, he put like motion sensors in it so you could swing the pan as if it was a melee hit in the game so, as he was playing. Like, yeah. he's so talented and he's just a hoot to watch. So check out Rudism if you haven't already. R-U-D-E-I-S-M on the socials and Twitter because, yeah, the man, he's a good fella and he's doing great work and uh, well worth your time. 100%. All right, the next news bit of item here we've got to the table. I've titled this one, Run for the Hills, it's Godzilla. It's a very lame Godzilla reference, but uh, I thought it was pretty funny last night at about 11 p.m. Anyway, (laughs) Godzilla Games, the mysterious studio which opened at the end of 2020 with an impressive list of talent from a number of AAA game studios has finally shared more details about their first game. Off the Grid is a AAA Battle Royale third-person shooter set to release sometime in 2023 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X slash S, and PC. Depending on when in the year it releases, it just may well be the first next-gen-only AAA first-person shooter in the market. The teaser also re- reveals the game runs Unreal Engine on Unreal Engine 5, and then uh, further information goes as follows. Last year... Uh, Eurogamer speculated the game would be a near-future sci-fi shooter and it appears they were pretty close. Set within a dystopian future, the cyberpunk-styled shooter plans to evolve the genre through strong emphasis on narrative progression. The narrative is led by Chief Visionary Officer Neil Blomkamp, best known for science fiction films District 9 and Elysium. The game will have 150-player PvP and PvE lobbies, with story missions set on the same map with other players in real time. Players will supposedly have the ability to control how the story unfolds, with each decision affecting everyone's gameplay. Gunzilla will be entering an incredibly crowded market, with Activision set to announce its next-generation vision of Warzone later this year, as well as Fortnite running full steam ahead with no signs of slowing down. Then you're throwing things like Apex and the resurgence of PUBG, and boy howdy, what a market they're going into. But still, it's exciting to see a new player in the AAA industry. So off the grid, a cyberpunk-styled shooter in the Battle Royale genre, written by Neil Blomkamp, who writes some of writes, directs, shoots some of my favorite science fiction out there. It's got all the ingredients to be pretty heckin' good. The trailer is very interesting, but is this overly ambitious? Are they trying to bite off more than they can chew here, Miss Hart, with their first game at a Godzilla game? I mean, possibly. Like, to kind of talk about this trailer, I'm going to say this trailer just said to me, like, Call of Duty meets Cyberpunk. Um, There were, like, a little, like, when it loads up, it just, it looks like a Call of Duty game. And then, like, kind of almost like the, like, I guess the city in the distance, and then when all the graphics kind of came up, I kind of got that cyberpunk kind of vibe from it. Um, Based on the minimal detail that they've said, like, there could be some interesting um, original elements that they can add to the Battle Royale um, scene. And it's interesting that they chose... It it looks like that they're not doing the previous-gen 
consoles. Yeah, so. this is going to be a straight, straight, pure next gen release, which is which is cool. And I guess that's probably tying into Unreal Engine Five True. and maybe the limitations of trying to roll some of that functionality into PS4 and Xbox One uh, S and X and things like that. But um, yeah, it looks cool. I'm with you. Like it's it's a very interesting premise, and I guess taking the best bits of COD. And then the best bits from Cyberpunk and just that world itself, chuck that in a blender. That's something that I drink. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's it's more getting someone involved, um, and and that there's narrative. You know, like we, we we're not actually really used to narrative being included into a battle royale game. Like it's just mm. like good luck, get in there, see you later. Um, unless you know, when with your like your apex, where each individual character kind of has their story. So I guess that kind of actually proves me wrong but um <laughs> i don't know I, i'm curious like like i said i just got a lot of call of duty vibes from it so i, I want to see what makes it original like i want to see where they're changing it the the concept of of these lobbies where yeah you drop in or you teleport in or, or however it's going to ultimately play out and there's you and a squad and then there's all these other squads not only trying to kill each other but then maybe working towards achieving different goals where there might be NPCs you're dealing with, or maybe you've got to blow up certain things. I like that it is going to mix in different different gameplay mechanics as opposed to just kill or be killed. Yeah. So I like that it will stand alone a little bit in that regard. And and when there's PvP and PvE lobbies, uh, maybe like that 150 player base, maybe it might be split into like 75 and 75 and there's other things coming in where you're trying to, you know, push that that army back and vice versa and dealing with other things. But I like that there is things that you'll be paying attention towards and focusing on outside of just trying to be the final squad to get that crown or that that win or whatever they're going to call it in, in this yeah. game. But uh, yeah, it sounds cool. And having Neil Blomkamp involved is very exciting. And yeah, Gunzilla Games, like... They've got a lot of heavy hitters amongst their um, amongst their team, so the potential for this game to be to be good to great at release, I think, is pretty high. We'll we'll see more in the coming months. Like it's slated to come out sometime next year, so we don't have to wait awfully long for it. And yeah, at that time of recording, it's it's the only next gen only AAA first person shooter announced because obviously COD's still releasing on on old tech, and you know Battlefield. <laughs> is still releasing on old tech and current as well so uh yeah it's 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 exciting to see those leaps to just wholly and solely focusing on on next gen which has now become current gen so uh yeah let's see what gunzilla are going to bring to the table as we get more developer diaries and announcements over the coming months leading up to release Mm -hmm. Mm. in in some different tonal news here nvidia has been fined 5.5 5.5 million US dollars for inadequate disclosures of sales to crypto miners. In a press release issued just overnight, the SEC notes that during the 2018 fiscal year, Nvidia failed to disclose that crypto mining was in quotes a significant element of its material revenue growth regarding the sale of its GPUs. Nvidia's disclosure fails uh, Nvidia's disclosure failures deprived investors of critical information to evaluate the company's business in a key market. SEC's crypto assets and cyber unit head Christina Littman said in the press release. All issuers including those that 
pursue opportunities involve emerging technologies must ensure that their disclosures are timely, complete, and accurate, end quote. Between 2017 and 2018, NVIDIA's GPUs were in high demand for crypto mining, which caused a completely separate gaming GPU shortage. The SEC notes that due to the demand of its gaming GPUs, the agency felt that NVIDIA was misleading on how crypto mining played a part in that specific division's growth during the 2018 fiscal year. When this industry faced another GPU shortage at the start of the new decade, NVIDIA's RTX 30 series was in short supply and high demand. And to try combat the issues, NVIDIA limited the hash rate of its graphics card and even released a line of CMP graphics cards designed specifically for crypto mining to circumvent the shortages. So in a roundabout kind of way, the SEC has come in and, and looked and evaluated the earnings reports from NVIDIA because obviously the growth that they shown in those final reports were bloated due to the fact that they had to increase the pricing of these GPUs because the shortages were there to, to you know, uh, the market couldn't, couldn't consume the product quick or was consuming the product too quick. So supply couldn't meet demand, which then, you know, spiked the pricing up, which then in turn spiked NVIDIA's overall earnings pricing up. So there's some gray area yeah. there where the shortages are done through the crypto, which then pumped the GPU pricing up due to component shortage, so on and so forth. So it was like reverse Jenga. <laughs> Almost these pieces are going back in and on top as opposed to coming out. But uh, I think this is fine. I think this is more than fair. Like operating in the gray here, NVIDIA, as far as not disclosing exactly how those final sales figures came to be and why... You know what? Yeah, you can only you can only be shady for so long. They're they're gonna you gotta pay the piper eventually, exactly. right? Exactly. And Nvidia's had quite the monopoly um in the market. And um coming from like a PC player perspective and then just amongst the circles of predominantly PC players, this whole graphics card shortage and then price inflation has been pretty pretty shitty. Um, and it still is, to be honest. Like um, Nvidia has keep like continually announcing new cards and new um, new wares, and where they try to be compromising and like um, you know removing certain other things to make it more affordable. But then the pricing still doesn't stick. It's just not comparable. And the whole idea of the crypto, you know, groups essentially buying up at all. It it really was a stinger for everyone else who kind of I guess have supported Nvidia up to this point. Um, so it was it was tough out there. Like I remember we, we talked to a lot of people, and even just seeing the the airing of grievances over the last several years, there was a lot of common denominators there from from members in the Eight Bit Nation where they're talking about. Uh, wanting to upgrade their computer, but they can't because they can't get a GPU or the ones that they can source are now 300% more expensive or you know some exuberant price compared to what it was just a few months ago on the back of these shortages, which were, yeah, as you said, equal parts responsible due to components not being available, but also crypto just bulk buying everything and saying, you know, suck that casual or professional gamers. So... Yeah, it's, it's been an ongoing thing that we've talked about and dealt with for several years. And sadly, it's not going to change for another year or two, at least, I think. Like like the tech industry is just in a world of hurt when it comes to componentry at the moment for a whole host of things. So sadly, it's going to be it's going to be more pain for the for the foreseeable future. But hopefully we just see things like this where 
they hold these manufacturers accountable and try and make it more of a level playing field for for gamers, crypto miners, and everyone else in between alike because it's uh, it's not fair. It isn't fair. And I actually remember the, um, on the most recent one that they released, was it last year or the year before? Um, I remember Australia couldn't even get the get them. They actually restricted it and made made it so that Australia actually couldn't purchase it. Yeah, we are uh, we're, we're often the poor cousins here in, really in the AU. Sometimes. It's it's tough. So uh, yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to to get a you know I, I didn't get a thirty ninety because the pricing on those things you know that the cardboard box that I mentioned I'm living I'd have to sell <laughs> that off to be able to afford the thirty ninety. But uh, yeah, it's it's tough out there out there in the uh, the GPU streets. But uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully COVID and warehousing and things like that and then manufacture can start to ramp up again and, and we can uh, get back to a level of normality and the pricing will subside. Got all these microchips and I'm still starving. <laughs> oh my goodness. And the last bit of news we're going to cover off, uh, I've titled this one, it's no longer hip to be a square. And so Square Enix has sold off its Western Studios and over 50 intellectual properties to embrace a group this week for just 300 million US dollars. The sale, which is set to go through by September this year, means Embracer now owns Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal, as well as IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, and Legacy of Kane. That amounts to around 1,100 employees. As already announced, a new Tomb Raider is in development at Crystal, Dyna- uh, Crystal Dynamics built on Unreal Engine 5. Thoughts now turn to other games potentially in development at these just bought studios. In its notes to press, Embracer said, in quotes, it sees an opportunity to invest in these franchises, namely Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, as well as the op- additional acquired IPs such as Legacy of Kane, Thief, and other original franchises, end quotes. This deal does not include games Square Enix publishes from external studios such as Life is Strange, Just Cause, and Outriders. And that $300 million figure for the deal has raised eyebrows in the context of the huge sums of video game companies have sold for recently. Sony bought Bungie and its Destiny franchise for $3.6 billion. Indeed, Embracer bought Borderlands Maker Gearbox for up to $1.5 Three billion. They're both in US dollars. Obviously, senior analyst at Nico Partners, Daniel Armard, tweeted to say Square Enix's Western studios have underperformed over numerous titles, with the company's biggest growth coming from Japan-made mobile games and MMOs. According to Armard, Square Enix has looked to sell the Western studios for a while. In February, Square Enix said Eidos Montreal's genuinely well-received Guardians of the Galaxy game had undershot expectations, while Crystal Dynamics' Marvel's Avengers game continues to receive updates it's widely considered to have been a commercial disaster. No dispute there. Square Enix said the sale to Embracer, in quotes, enables the launch of new businesses by moving forward with investments in fields including blockchain, AI, and the cloud. So uh, the dreaded NFTs are going to be a nice little focus there of Square Enix as a whole. But yeah, all their Western arm gone to embrace a group who now owns the universe, it feels like, (laughs) for a pittance, $300 million for a chunk of big studios, 1,100 employees, and a massive, massive, massive back catalogue. Like, this this feels like a steal. This is highway robbery, Miss Hart. If, like, the price was really, really bad. Um, and then talking about popular IPs such as Tomb Raider, um, 
like that like I reckon that's a pretty valuable IP. Obviously we oh I can't remember actually when the last time we've seen something um released, but obviously they're working on something right now. I'm gonna sneeze. Um Bless thank you. you. Um but then obviously going over uh Marvel's Avengers that yeah, that one had a rough time, but Guardians of the Galaxy undershot expectations. That game, that game was phenomenal. It was one of my favorite games of last year, and they moved a good amount of I units. But I guess, have. like, I, I don't know I mean, if that's more so. <laughs> <laughs> but you watched a bit of it, and you said it looked pretty fun. Yeah, well, I was pretty shocked to hear that. Um, my my impressions seem to be inaccurate. So yeah, yeah. And I was with you there. We both ate a bit of humble pie. Like when that was announced, we were both very skeptical. Yeah, at best. Hmm. And it came out and it was awesome. Played well, really well written. But I think those two, because they are both in partnership with Marvel, no doubt the ambition and the expectation that Marvel probably put onto Square and Eidos for those games was like sky and Crystal Dynamics as well for Avengers was probably sky high as far as you need to sell millions upon millions upon millions of copies. And instead they just sold millions of copies. You know, they still had a good uptake and a good player base. Obviously, Avengers is pretty well all but dead. But yeah, Guardians was awesome. And yeah, I think just the the bar was just set too high on those expectations. And they still made money. Outriders didn't. It's funny because they're still keeping that in, in the Square Enix primary portfolio. They've said they still haven't broken even on that game, which is insane. But um, Embracer Group is just... It's like a snowball rolling down a hill and it is just consuming everything on its way and just building and building and building and building. And it's it's so big and it's got so many studios and so many people involved. It is it is terrifying how large that company's become. Do you reckon these um these groups um are like, you know, munching up these studios at like <laughs> good prices building them up only to have the opportunity to maybe resell it at a positive at a yeah like like i'm curious if maybe that's what it is now with how the game market has been where are these you know tiny studios and tiny groups or not necessarily tiny here but like you know everything's kind of being eaten up um and everything's kind of going under like one big umbrella now um, I'm just wondering if it's like a weird game of like I can't say chess, but like you know, essentially everyone's trying to putting as much eggs in their basket and just seeing who can maybe get a profit out of it. Uh, it makes sense. Like like ultimately, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think Embracer are wanting to try and pump up their portfolio as much as they can, and then if they can sell off some of these these studios or IPs at a profit, it's it's silly not to entertain that discussion, right? Yeah. And the fact that they've gotten 1100 staff a ton of current and legacy ip and some fantastic studios involved here for like you know 300 million dollars that's a lot of money but in comparison to some of these other deals that have been done it's it's a pittance and i I don't know what's happened here it it feels like they're playing musical chairs and there wasn't many people left and um embracer was the last one in the room and then square was like all right yeah you'll do you'll do Um, i wonder if this purchase came with maybe because um the reporting suggested that these um studios had um underperforming titles maybe it like the purchase came with a debt 
like yeah, you know, that's so true. that's why it was cheaper because maybe there's a lot of um like patchwork that kind of had to get done. So that's the only other thing I could think of. Yeah, it's it's very curious, but um this was big news and it just sort of trickled out last weekend. Like we we'd already recorded yeah. THG uh two eighty one at that stage and then just saw this trickle out over over the internets and came out of nowhere and yeah, it was a steal for Embracer Group. Three hundred million steal. For some for some IPs that have been around for a good long time, and the fact that some of these IPs already have new games in the work, like we got a new Tomb Raider on the way. Like we we got had the last Tomb Raider game out in 2018, and we've got another one maybe in 2023 or 2024. So that's on the way. You know, stuff like Hitman and um, Deus Ex getting more. Maybe we get a, a good reimagining of Thief. If we can get some Legacy of Kane games again, though. They were so good back in the day on the early generations of PlayStation. Give me some more of that vampire switching between two universes style running on Unreal 5. Mm, let's let's go. But uh, yeah, another big acquisition is uh, officially underway and will uh, be locked in barring any, any dispute and uh, fighting through the courts. Uh, will be going through by September. So... Uh, Big big moves, big big moves. Yeah. But um, it's just crazy for that that sum, that three hundred million. You'd think Sony or Microsoft would have been sniffing around this and offered a bit more potentially if they were serious, because there's some big IP that you'd want in your portfolio there. Some big exclusives. Yeah, I feel like both Microsoft and Sony would have wanted Tomb Raider. I just I don't know yeah. why. I just feel like they would. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's such a marketable franchise, like. Gamers new and old know of it. Non-gamers know of it due to the films and things like that. Like it's it's a very universally recognized franchise and a name. And yeah, like even just having that, like you'd think buying that IP would would fetch a, a hefty sum. But three hundred million Embracer make out like bandits. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy times. Let's let's see where the next big acquisition happens between now and episode two eighty three. Who knows? Left. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Ubisoft. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But they're they're umming and ahhing all the time. Who knows what'll happen there? Uh, but if you want to know what's happening this past week, we got uh, this upcoming week. We got you covered. New releases and events. All right. So obviously the the spoiler cast for Trek to Yomi is already out. But I just wanted to re mention that so that the game is out in the wild and um, it's actually available on Xbox Game Pass now too. So uh, another little Game Pass mention there. So if you wanted to play. This fantastic side-scrolling samurai jaunt by Devolver and Flying Wild Hog, and you're a Game Pass member, you can download that game, including in your subscription at no extra cost. Uh, hopefully, as well, we're just doing the final pass on the edits for Yencast first. So that's the Witcher offshoot that's falling under the eight crit podcast banner there. Hopefully that will be dropping at some stage within the next week. So if it doesn't, Drop by episode 283 of THG. It'll probably be a few days after, but I'm hoping to have that out by the end of this week. Just uh, fine-tuning a couple of things there. As far as TV, um, nothing new dropping this week on the streaming services. We're going to have the eighth episode of Halo making its way to Paramount+, Plus, as well as a host of other things. But obviously, uh, Moon Knight is done and dusted now. That six-episode run has been complete. Mm. The finale... Really good. I'm very invested in this show, Miss Hart. I think it started a little little ho-hum, you could say. It didn't start with the impact that I was hoping for, mm. 
but it really built by the end of it. And I was in and it was great. Oscar Isaac is fantastic. The director has already come out and said it'd be silly not to do a second season. So I'm hoping we get some more because the character and the tone and the mythos. Yum, 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 yum. Give it to me, please. <laughs> and you haven't watched any yet, no, have you? No, because um, the reception's been really bad. Plus the Top mm. Chef. I've been watching that at the moment. So Priorities. I can't, I can't fault you there. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good cooking yeah, show. Right. As far as movies coming out this week, Father Stew, Firestarter, which is another adaptation of the Stephen King classic, mm. and then Operation Mincemeat, which is a true story tied into, I can't remember if it's World War One or World War Two. But that is also out as well with Colin Firth playing the lead there. So they're on the big screen. As far as games coming out in this upcoming calendar week, we've got um, one second. My my little eyes here. I need to I need to enhance my eyes. Thank to God. Pick up that I first thought one I like, was going blind. <clears throat> yeah. So we've got Disalight dropping on smartphone. Uh, Aiden Chronicle Rising dropping on all platforms. Salt and Sacrifice making its way to PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. We Were Here Forever. Brigadine, The Legend of Runersia. Kujavika, which is an adventure game on PC. Source of Madness, which is dropping on just about every platform. It's an action roguelike. Area Man Lives, which is an adventure game dropping on the PC and the Quest. So you want a bit of that uh, VR action, there's a game for you. Dungeons of Dreadrock making its way to the Nintendo Switch as an adventure puzzle game. Harvest Days, which is a PC and obviously it's a sim. Uh, the Centennial Case, a Shizima, uh, a, a Shizima story. It's an adventure game making its way to Switch, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. Ultimate Epic Battle Simulator 2, wow. making its way to PC. Evil Dead, the game, May 13th. Obviously, action horror is the subcategory or the genre for that one. Hidden Objects Collection Volume 2 on the Switch, which is a puzzle game. And then the last one coming out this week is Lovecraft's Untold Stories 2 making its way to PC, Mac, and Linux of all things. Action RPG roguelike is the subcategories for those games. So plenty to watch, plenty to play this week. If you want to join us on Fortnite, feel free to do that too and uh, just watch out with that dreaded Fortnite store because it is, it's a slippery slope, my friends. Uh, but let's move into this. Sweet of the week. And this tweet ties into one of those games we just mentioned. And the tweet comes from at Evil Dead the Game. And the tweet reads Method Man's original new song credit exclusively for Evil Dead the Game, Come Get Some, is available to listen to right now. Check it out on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you want to find your tunes. And it's produced by Static Select with music sampled from Joseph Loduca's original 1981, The Evil Dead Score. So it is a bit of a banger. Uh, Method Man out there spitting tracks again. I will be honest, I have not followed Method Man's career the last several years. I know he does more acting, I think, than rapping. But uh, yeah, one of the original members of Wu-Tang Clan, which you can buy Wu-Tang Clan skins oh, Fortnite. on the Fortnite oh, gosh, store right we'll now. Into a Fortnite shilling uh, shopping channel. <laughs> that's it but you know what cash does rule everything around nice. me but uh yeah check out at evil dead the game on twitter to see that tweet of the week there and listen to come get some by method man an absolute banger of a track but miss Hart, that brings us the end of thg 282 anything else you wanted to mention or shout out before we close the studio down for another yeah, i'm week? just gonna shout out the guys at news to reviews again check them out give them a follow give them a listen if you're looking for new content they're a great bunch to listen to so check them out 
100%. And that's news number two reviews on them Twitters. Get on there. Give them a follow. Give them a listen. And uh, yeah, be sure to rate, you subscribe. That podcast, our podcast, and all the other podcasts you're listening to on the regular takes no time, costs no money, means an awful lot to us, helps keeps us tracking and trending and charting and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, primarily Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you can. Just uh, sneak in on that Spotify. Super quick and easy on the Spotify. It's literally just a, a, a click box where you press that button, give that star rating and away you go. So if you can uh, drop them sneaky five-star reviews on Spotify, we would love you even more for doing that. But alas, that brings us to the end. THG 282. We'll see you next week, Apey Nation. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.